So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello, and welcome to Pause and Connect. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and this is episode 10, and it's called What to Do When Your Child Lies. But first, I just wanna give you a little life update. Um, This episode is going up a little later than usual because my husband just had surgery to have a tumor on his thyroid and also his entire thyroid removed. And so our life has been turned up a little bit upside down. Um, He's recovering really well, but you know, surgery is really disrupting to life. So I wanted to say a thank you to you um, because I shared about him on Instagram and Facebook and you were so kind in the comments. I, I got just the nicest comments and support and I really, really appreciate it. And then I also wanted to say that We've been showered with love and treats and meals and support from friends who are near and far. And I wanted to really quick share something that I've learned through this process. Um, When people are struggling with something, something life altering or something big, you know, you really can't go wrong in helping them. (laughs) I've, I've had a few friends reach out to me and say that they wish they could do something more or they don't know what to say to help me. And I I just kind of want to shake them and say, you know what? Reaching out is enough. It really is. Because, but I I understand them, you know, because I know that in the past when someone has been struggling and I couldn't think of what to do for them, I I feel really bad, you know, and maybe I don't even want to approach them because if I have nothing to say, what's the point, you know? But the nice thing is that when you're in crisis, if someone thinks of you at all, it really means the world. So reaching out to say to them, like, I'm so sorry, or I'm thinking of you, that's plenty. It really truly is. Okay, so that was just a little side note. I wanted to just get on a little soapbox and say, if you want to help someone, help someone, because it is so meaningful. And I can say that because so many people have reached out in so many ways and we're being really taken care of and loved. And I, and I just, I'm so grateful for it. And it makes me want to do better when a friend is, is struggling through something. Okay. So let's get to the topic today. We're going to talk about lying and specifically when your kids are lying and when you know it. (laughs) So this is a huge challenge, isn't it? Um, one really nice thing about our society is that it places so much value on honesty. And I think that's a really good thing. But I think because of that, as parents, we tend to think that a lack of honesty automatically indicates a character flaw in your child. And so when our kids tell a lie, then we feel scared because does this mean they're bad? They're lacking character. Does this mean that they lie to me all the time? Does this mean I'm doing something wrong? And so then we kind of tend to act from that fear. And episode two talks about what happens when we parent from fear. And it's a really good one. So if you haven't listened to that one already, make sure you listen to it. It's a really good one. Good one. But anyway, because lying equals bad in our society, I think we get a little scared as parents. We don't want bad children, of course. And we don't want to face what this might mean about us if our children are bad. So there's a lot that's wrapped up in that and it's really triggering. And so we might punish really swiftly or we might shame our children or we might do something that 
seems like a logical thing to do and punish the lie but not the crime. And I'll talk later about why that's not necessarily the best approach. But really, it's just a learning process. Lying, learning to tell the truth, it's just a learning process. It's the same as if your child won't stop picking their nose or if they cry every time you won't buy them candy at the store. Now, I'm not saying any of this is easy, but lying is not worse than the other things that our kids are still learning how to do. And this is really important to remember. Lying is bad, but so is picking your nose and putting the booger on the wall, right? Now, you might think your child is gross and annoying when they pick their nose and put the booger on the wall, but you don't think that they're corrupt or morally deficient, right? <laughs> Maybe just a little gross. But when they when they lie, we automatically go to, oh, they're, they're corrupt, they're morally deficient, there's something wrong with their character. But telling the truth is a skill and it takes time to learn it. Now, some kids don't have a huge problem with it and others have a huge problem with it. But that's the same as, as if kids are picking their nose and putting the boogers on the wall. Not all kids have a big problem with that, but you know, most kids do it. <laughs> so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that lying is, it, it, we don't like it, but that doesn't mean your child is bad if they're doing it. And this is, this is really important to keep in mind. They're still learning the skill and how you respond to them is going to help them learn that skill. So the fear of lying leads us parents to respond negatively to our kids because we have a fear of our children lying. And I used to feel really fearful when my child lied, when my, all my kids lied. And I, I reacted from that fear. So let me, let me tell you about one, one good example, okay? So one of my kids used to lie about a lot and they always lied about brushing their teeth. So I, I don't know why, <laughs> but so I would ask, did you brush your teeth? And they'd tell me yes, but they wouldn't look me in the, the eyes or they'd get fidgety or something, you know, so they had, they had a tell. So I, I would know that they hadn't done it. So I'd be upset, you know, my child just lied to me. So I'd be upset. So I'd ask them to open their mouth and I could practically see the dinner crawling across their teeth, you know? So naturally I'd get mad and then I'd say super unhelpful things like, why did you lie to me? Or lying is so bad, you can't lie to me, you know? And then I'd be afraid, like, what does this mean? So I don't want my child to be a liar, so I have to stop this right now, right? So then I'd, I'd punish them. I'd take away their favorite stuffed animal, or I, and then I'd march them into the bathroom to brush their teeth in front of me. And, you know, all of this was done with a lot of authority and, and anger and, and, you know, like, I'm the one in charge here, you know? And you know what? This would happen multiple times a week for this particular child. And every time I just thought that if I punished harder, then the lesson would finally sink in. And that's kind of the way that um, traditional parenting goes. If we punish hard, if we find the right punishment, the lesson's finally gonna sink in. But it never did with this child. This child just wasn't learning and the meltdowns, <laughs> the meltdowns, um, they were so bad. And by the way, my last episode, or not my, I don't know which number, but I have an episode on, uh, on meltdowns and it's a really good one. So you might wanna listen to that one too. But anyway, this child was on the floor, falling to the floor, wailing, gnashing their teeth, their dirty teeth, mind you. Um, and then there were additional lies on top of this. They would try to get out of my wrath. You know, that's my wrath was pretty scary by this point. And they, they would make up more lies in an effort to make their original lie disappear. But, you know, I, I knew what was happening, so I would punish harder. 
but it never got better with punishing, never. I just got madder and my child just got sadder and the lying never stopped. And there, there was lying about more than just the brushing teeth. That's just one example. It just kept going into so many aspects of this, this child's life. And I'd get so mad, I'd scream at them, like, all you have to do is tell me the truth. And I tried saying, you won't get a punishment for what you did. You only get a punishment for the lie. You just have to tell the truth. But that didn't work. And the reason that doesn't work is that's scary. Nobody wants a punishment at all. So when we, when we tell our kids, hey, you just have to tell me the truth and I, I won't punish you for what you did. You'll just get a punishment for the lie because you lied. Um, no kid's going to want to jump on that. <laughs> maybe maybe some will think about it and say, well, it's better to get one punishment than two or a lesser punishment than a greater one. But really, no kid wants to be punished at all. So that that trick that we, we use in, in common parenting these days where, and I see this on forums all the time when someone's saying, how do I get my kid to stop lying? Parents always come in and say, tell your child you won't punish them for what they did. They'll only get a punishment because they lied. And so, so you know, once they come clean, the punishment is just for the lie. And um, that it just, like some kids will be okay with it, but it's it's it doesn't make any sense. Nobody wants a punishment and it's not really actually teaching a lesson. So anyway, back to my child, it just wasn't sinking in. So during the months that this was happening, I was learning more and more about ADHD. And I do talk about that a lot in this podcast because there's a lot of ADHD in my family. Um, but it applies to kids who don't have ADHD as well. But so I was beginning to kind of suspect that this particular child who was lying about the teeth brushing had ADHD. And then I came across an article on ADHD and lying and I, it made complete sense. So I learned that oftentimes, and this, this works for, this, this applies to all kids, not just kids with ADHD, but particularly kids with ADHD too. So oftentimes kids with ADHD make impulsive or distracted decisions. So like reading a book instead of brushing teeth, they get distracted, right? Then once they realize what they've done and they're gonna let their parents down or somebody down, they, they immediately regret their decision but they don't know what to do to make it right. And at this point, there's a lot of reasons for the lie that might come because maybe they wish it hadn't happened. And so the lie that they're telling you is their wish, or maybe the lie is a second impulsive decision. Like before they're even thinking about it, they're already saying, no, 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 I didn't do that or, or whatever. They're coming out with a lie impulsively. Or maybe they truly believe that they can make everything go away by telling a different version of the truth. Um, or maybe they've been distracted when they made the mistake and they honestly don't even remember how they got to where they are. And so the lie kind of comes out. But the point is the lie comes from shame and fear. So it's not malicious, it's a coping mechanism. And if I'm standing there as a parent with all these punishments ready to dish out and I'm angry at my kid, then the lie feels safer than me, right? Does that make sense? So this isn't, like I said, this isn't just for kids with ADHD, but because of impulsivity and distractedness that kids with ADHD have in abundance, they might struggle with this more frequently. But your kids without ADHD are gonna lie too, and they might lie for some of those reasons that we said there. And again, if, if they know their parents are punishing them, the lie will always feel safer. If their parents are furious at them, the lie will always feel safer. Even if they get double the punishment, in that moment, the lie still feels safer. So the, the way to change this is to change our parenting approach. Know that your child is going to lie to you. It's going to happen. And don't moralize it. They're not deficient because they tell a lie. They're still learning the skill of 
honesty. And so think of it as a skill that hasn't been developed yet. Like it's, it's the same as tying their shoes when they're five years old. They need time to learn how to tie their shoes. They're gonna do a really bad job in the beginning. They might run around with their shoelaces undone because they just don't wanna deal with this hard task, right? And each time you're gonna patiently kneel down and help them figure out this skill. So think of lying in the same way. Honesty is just a skill they haven't developed yet. And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't, but they need a loving, forgiving, connected parenting approach to help them get it more consistently and over time. So let's go through the, the approach. This is what I turn to with each of my kids when they lie, whether they have ADHD or not. And I've been using this approach for about seven years now, and it hasn't failed me once, <laughs> um, which is great. And even as my children have gotten older, it, it still hasn't failed me. Now, I don't think that means it's completely foolproof, but it's I guarantee it's a better place to start than those consequences I was dishing out and treating my child like they were bad for lying. That does not work. Punishing them did not work. This approach, it's a six-step approach, always works for me. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to go in this order. I'll talk a little bit more as we go. These six steps or stick six tips maybe is um is just if you keep these in mind and use them as as appropriate when your child is lying then you're going to be okay so but we'll call them steps for now so step one is to stop the lie so for the most part parents come equipped with excellent lie detectors right you know your child tells they might avoid your eyes they might stammer when they explain their version of what happened they might get angry and stomp away but whatever it is, whenever your lie detector dings and you sense that your child is telling a fib, stop them. Now, remember, again, your child is struggling to develop a skill, or maybe they made a slip as they developed the skill of honesty. So you don't have to teach them a lesson that they're never gonna forget. You don't have to catch them in a lie. That's not the goal here. You want them to develop this skill for life. So the goal becomes helping them feel confident and trustworthy helping them want to be honest and to know how to do it consistently. You're setting them up to, if you're setting them up to catch them in a lie, it's, it's not gonna get you to that goal. It's not gonna get you to that goal of helping them to feel like a confident and trustworthy person. So that's what this step is. Stop them when you sense they're lying, but don't stop them with anger. Just gently stop them from digging themselves deeper in a hole. Now step two is to hug. If you've been around here for any amount of time, you know that hugging is something I talk about a lot, and that's because it connects. Hugging your child when they've done something wrong, um, when they feel bad and wish they hadn't messed up, at, at, any, at any time in those negative times, those parenting times, when you hug them, it helps them feel safe. It helps them get ready to hear you. And the good thing about this is it's for both of you. It helps you feel less angry at your child. So there's there's power in this hug. There, there, there's a literal hormone that's released, oxytocin, that's released when you hug. And that is designed to help you reduce stress and, and induce calm. So it's a power that you can use. So making a connection at this point is going to calm both of you. And it's gonna to communicate to both of you that your goal here is to solve this issue with love. Solve this lying with love. If you Now, if you can't hug because your child won't allow it or it makes them uncomfortable, do something else to connect with them. Um, if they'll let you make eye contact, that will work. Getting down on their level or slightly below their level works really, really well, especially if you have young kids who are shorter than you because 
they're always looking up. So when they can look down, it makes them feel less threatened. It makes them feel more safe. So that's always a really good one. And sometimes you can combine that with a hug or a touch and it works really well. Um, you could gently touch their arm. The point is, of course, don't make them uncomfortable, but show love through touch if they will allow it. Step three is to help them tell the truth, not to accuse them. So you already stopped the lie gently in step one. You didn't let them dig themselves into a hole. Then you connected with the hug or with crouching down below them or gently touching their arm with step two. You got that connection. So now you're both feeling love, even if you're still a little upset at your child or your child is still a little defiant or still afraid. The love is there and that's going to help. Okay. So now in this next step where you, this is the step to help them tell the truth and you're not accusing them, you're going to coax them along. So tell them, you know what they did. Again, there's no aim to catch them in a lie. So don't ask them, did you feed the dog when you know they didn't, right? Instead say, oh, it looks like you forgot to feed the dog. So this eliminates their fear because they know that they don't have to keep up a charade. The truth is already out in the open. Now, a lot of us have been on the receiving end of someone who's trying to catch us in a lie. This is actually a common parenting tactic. We think we're giving our kids the chance to tell us the truth. So we think that by putting them to the test to see how they react, we're giving them the opportunity to come clean. So we might say, did you feed the dog? And it's kind of like a test. Like we already know that they didn't. We already saw the empty bowl and the hungry dog, but we want to test our child's honesty. And then if they're honest, we can praise them. And if they're not, we can teach a lesson through punishment. So that's how a lot of parenting goes. And the thing is, it doesn't feel good and it doesn't work. It just makes our kids afraid of us. So if you've ever been on the receiving end of this treatment, you know that, you know how awful it feels. There's no need for us to be our child's enemy. Remember, this is a process of coaching them. You're helping them learn a skill. So putting them on the defense will absolutely not help them learn the skill of honesty. Let's say they hit their sibling. Now, you know it's because you, you know it happened because the sibling is screaming in pain and there's a mark on their body and maybe you even heard an argument and then a slap. So you know it happened in this, in this scenario, okay? So coming in and saying, did you hit your sister? Is not helpful because <laughs> your child knows they've done wrong and they're gonna want to reach for anything to help them feel better. And a lie can feel better it's because in their mind, if they can convince you they didn't hit their sister, then they don't have to get in trouble. And then sometimes kids even believe their lies because it makes them feel better about themselves. Remember, remember impulsivity? If they impulsively hit their sister, then by the time their brain catches up to what they did, they're horrified at themselves. And then lying about it is going to absolve them of some of the guilt. So when you understand that this is what's going on, you know that you don't need to put them in a position to lie. So don't say, did you hit your sister? Instead, calm the sister down, take care of her, and then say, hey, it looks like you got upset and hit your sister. And then give them a hug, bring that hug back into it and say, let's talk about it. And in this way, you're not giving them a chance to lie, you're helping them be successful, okay? And you can then focus on what the real issue is and that they hit their sister. Otherwise, if, if you come in, did you hit their sister? And then they, they add a lie on top of it, you have so much to deal with and, and you can't resolve anything because it's just so many problems. So just 
don't even give them the opportunity to lie when when you can. Sometimes they're going to lie and you don't know it. But if if you see that they did something or didn't do something that they were supposed to do, you don't have to catch them in a lie. Instead of instead of trying to catch them in the lie, just say, "Hey, it looks like you did or didn't do this thing." And then you can go from there. Okay. Now step 4, um, if your child does lie and gets to that lie, step four is to give a second or third or fourth or fifth as many chances as needed, okay? So if your child gets to the lie and you realize that your child didn't do what they said they did, they didn't feed the dog, right? Give them a chance to tell the truth again. So remember your goal is not to teach them a harsh lesson, it's to help them be successful at telling the truth. So you could say, Hey, you told me you brushed your teeth, but I don't smell toothpaste on your breath. Maybe you forgot. Let's go do it together. Or you could say, I see the toys aren't picked up like you said. Maybe you got distracted or you didn't realize you got it all done. In this way, you're you're giving them a chance to come clean and tell you what happened. And most of the time, it's probably going to be something really innocuous like, oh yeah, I thought I got the, the toys picked up, but I started dancing and totally forgot, you know, something like that. So, but if you come in and like, why did you did you get the the playroom cleaned up and and they're like yes yes i did because they already feel afraid then you've got that lie on top of it so just let them let them uh give them multiple chances hey it looks like you didn't get the toys cleaned up what what happened maybe you got distracted okay so help them pause give them another chance to do it right now what if it's not something you have evidence for, but you still know they're lying or you suspect that they're lying? So this is hard, but just stay with them. Go back to step one where you stop the lie. Don't let them keep digging themselves in a hole. Go back to step two where you hug them and you connect with them and you stay close to them. Go back to step three where you remember not to accuse, but to help them tell the truth. And then you can guess at what they did in a way that doesn't accuse. Remember, that's what this step is about. We, we don't want to accuse them, but it helps them to tell the truth. So something like, your teacher says your work looks a lot like your neighbor's work. Do you think you might have looked at their work? Or everyone was going to the party, so you wanted to go to, didn't you? So when you're doing this, you're, you're continuing to give them chances to tell the truth. Now, this is, this is hard and it's kind of counterintuitive, at least from the way that most of us were raised, because this is where we get fearful as parents. So we start to think, well, what will happen if we can't get them to tell us the truth? And when we start parenting from fear, we typically act harsher than we normally would. So remember, stay with them. Keep the relationship at the center here. Give them chance after chance after chance. Keep guessing at what they did and empathizing with why they might have done it so then they can have the opening to say the truth. So like in that example, like I think you went to the party because everybody wanted to go and you really wanted to go. Then they, they they can see that their parent understands them even if they know that they did something wrong and they can say, yeah, I did, I really wanted to go. And then you guys can talk about what happened. Instead, if you say, did you go to that party we told you not to go to? They're going to be on the defense and they might say, no, of course I didn't, you know? So when you come at them with, hey, we're going to give you as many chances to tell the truth and we understand why you might have lied, then they have a much better chance of opening up to you. Now, step five, maybe really should have been step one, um, it is to remember not to shame your child. So throughout this whole process, don't shame them. You don't need to teach them that lying is bad by making them feel dumb for their mistake. You don't need to do that, okay? 
So stay with them. If they still lie to you, then you repeat steps one, two, three, and four. The goal is to foster a connection and to help your child succeed. Give them second chances and third and more if they need them. Step six is to connect. And this, this could also be step one or maybe step 1.2. But the idea is keep connection at the center of the whole exchange. And you're gonna come out strong when you do that. You'll also know better what to do because each situation is different and each child is different. So when you're focusing on connecting with them through their mistake, you're gonna know what they need in that moment. Something will come up in your brain that will inspire you on what to do or what to say if you're keeping that connection in the center. But I can tell you from my own experience, if I'm angry and not even trying to connect, it's a lot harder to hear that inspiration on how to, how to parent this child. So, but when you're connecting with them, you can, you can hear your intuition so much better and so much stronger. So stay close, show love. Remember that your goal is to help them be successful in telling the truth and you're doing it through connection. So of course, this step one through six isn't gonna work for every single child every single time. You're gonna find that you're gonna need variations from time to time. But when you approach the lie from a place of wanting to help your child be successful at telling the truth, and not from a place of trying to catch them in a lie or punish them for their lie, you're gonna find the right process and the right solution for your situation. So here's how it might look. This was something that actually happened when one of my kids was about seven. So <laughs> we found a chunk of hair missing from our daughter's, from our daughter's head, <laughs> just like right there on the front of her forehead, and we asked her what had happened. And um, at, at that part, maybe we shouldn't have even asked what had happened uh, because we knew, <laughs> obviously we could tell, but she, she lied to us and told us that her friend did it. So at that point we're like, okay, we're dealing with, with lying now, okay? And we knew she was lying. So we kind of like backed up and, and again, like I say, we probably shouldn't have even said what happened. <laughs> we probably should have said, hey, it looks like you cut your hair. Um, when did that happen or something, you know, but start the conversation with, hey, it looks like you cut your hair. So anyway, uh, we didn't do that first step, but then when the lie came in, this is what we did. So instead of accusing and punishing her, we stopped her as she was telling the lie and we said, hey, sweetie, we know that your friend did not do this. We know that you did. So we really want you to tell us the truth, even if your first true time you said something wasn't wasn't true, okay? Now this is your chance to tell the truth. Even if you've already told us something that wasn't true, this is your chance to tell the truth. And I think that's really helpful because um, she knew she didn't have to cover for that first lie because we're like, hey, we know, we know what happened and we know that you didn't tell the truth. That's okay, now it's your chance to tell us the truth. So she thought for a second <laughs> and then she told us that she had been holding the scissors and her hair just got too close. So. We're like, okay, she's getting closer. She's admitting that she did it, but she's still not telling us the full truth because she's still afraid of what might happen because she really shouldn't have done this. So we stopped her again and we said, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling us that you are the one who was holding the scissors. But remember, you need to tell us the whole truth. Remember, even if you already weren't truthful to us, you're, you're not gonna be in trouble. This is your chance to tell us the whole truth. And then to help her along, because we could see that this was hard for her to put it into words, we said, it looks like you cut your own hair. So take a second and think about what happened. So 
at this point, this this was actually, it's so touching because at this point she, she had been really tense before. And after we're like, hey, we see what happened. We want you to take a second and think about it. She let out this long breath and her shoulders relaxed and she nodded to us and she said, I cut my own hair. So she was able to tell us the truth and she was relieved now that the truth was in the open. So we were to- we told her that we were proud of her for telling us the truth when it was hard. And honestly, we were because this the, lying is a defense mechanism and it's hard, hard to break away from that. We hugged her. We asked her to tell us what we can do to make sure that she won't cut her hair again. And she had some ideas and we agreed to them. And so we, we resolved that issue too. So that was that. We didn't punish her. We didn't shame her. So now you'll notice in that example that we didn't necessarily go in order through the step one to six that I shared in this episode, but we did do all the steps. So we stopped her from lying so she wouldn't dig herself deeper. We told her what we thought she had done so that she could agree and stop trying to cover it up. We gave her more than one chance to be honest. We hugged her. We kept connection at the center and we didn't shame her. Now, we're not perfect at all. And I'm not using this example to say that we have it all together. But this time, this time, we remembered the important ideas of connection, of no shame, and of helping her along. And it worked. And it works every time. Now, like I said, every situation is different. Some lies are much bigger. And actually, in our family, we just experienced a huge lie with one of our kids that really took us by surprise. Um, and it took us a while to figure it out even. And once we did, I was, I was really upset. <laughs> I was not in a good place. You know, even though I teach these principles, it doesn't mean I can grab them every single time. It's not easy being a parent. But my husband, thankfully, was in a good place and he remembered to connect. He kept connection at the center and he hugged this child. He empathized with this child and he helped this child say the truth. You know, he gave the words. It looks like this happened. And then the child was able to to finally come clean. And when it was over, the child told us, I just didn't want you to think bad about me. And so that's why they were lying. They were trying to avoid shame for something that they had done that was really wrong. But isn't that powerful to know? When you know, when you know what's going on, that my child was trying to avoid shame, it makes it so obvious that lying is not some morally corrupt thing that my kid is doing, okay? They're actually trying to do their best and this moment feels so terrible to them that they're grabbing at anything that can help them feel better in the moment. So I'm so grateful my husband remembered the tools of connection in that moment um, because I, I wasn't there and I would, have, I would have made some big mistakes. So I'm really glad that he did. But I, I do wanna remind you, we all make mistakes. And I, have, I talk about that a lot too. If I had totally messed up, I still could have gone back and used the tools of connection, the hugs, the empathy, the staying close to my child. I could have used that to repair if, if, I, if my husband hadn't been there and I had been the one and had totally messed it up. It's, it's not over, right? I still could go back and repair. But luckily for this, this particular situation, my husband remembered those tools of connection. And because our child... <laughs> They deserve to know that they were loved and important, no matter what they had done. And so using connection is what helped them to finally come clean and finally accept our help to fix the big situation that they had gotten themselves into. So to sum up, there are six steps, but they don't necessarily have to go in order. 
Those steps are to one, stop the lie, two, hug, three, help your child tell the truth, four, give second and third and fourth and on and on chances for them to come clean, five, don't use shame, and six, keep connection at the center of the entire exchange. I hope this has been helpful for you. I just love that you're here and listening. And please remember, I have lots of tools to help you connect with your kids all the time, not just when they're lying. So check out my website, rebeccabrownright.com and have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.